Good day, poker peeps. This is Sky with Smart Poker Study. In this podcast episode, I'm going to give you 20 quick tips that every online poker player needs to know. Okay, let's get serious. Gambate! What? Right here, right now. You can't be serious. Oh, I am serious. Look, this is my serious face. To help you take notes with today's episode, go to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 439. Copy and paste the 20 tips with all the explanations into your poker journal, edit it, make additions, and boom, notes are done, son. So let's get to the first tip for today. Position is king. When you have position, you get to act last after your opponents on the flop, turn, and river. And of course, the button's the best position, cut off the second best, and so on. Now, when you have position, you have more time to act because while they're timing down, thinking whatever they're thinking, that gives you that additional time to make reads on your opponents, on the board, on their range, all that jazz to help you make better decisions. Also, you get to see what they do. When they check and show weakness, you could decide, hey, I can bet, or I could potentially check behind and pot control the hand. Here's one thing, and you probably know this just from playing poker for yourself. You probably hate being out of position, right? Well, your opponents must contend with your position on every street. That's why, depending on the opponent, it can be pretty easy to get them to fold on the flop, because if they call now, oh man, they're going to face the turn and the river against you out of position. Here's a little sample hand right here. We open raise with king eight suited. Now in this hand, we're going to use our position against our opponents. We're in the cutoff, king eight, we open, button folds, small blind calls, big blind calls. So we're three way to the flop. We absolutely whiff it, king high on a queen six three rainbow board. They both check to us indicating indicating weakness. Well, we decide to check behind, kind of pot control right here. It's a hard to hit board. We're not really uh, too worried about anything and maybe they can fold later on. Here's what happens. The nine comes on the turn, queen six three nine board. They both check again, boom. Two streets in a row, they're checking us or checking to us, giving us maximum information. So we bet four into nine, a delayed C bet right here on the turn. And boom, we take this bad boy down. All right, tip number two, it's that pre-flop raising. It's better than calling or limping. Here's the thing. You can win the pot right now when you raise. You can steal that pot pre-flop. You can make a three bet instead of calling to take it down right now. It really does raising trumps the passive plays of calling and limping. Let me show you in my own database in Poker Tracker 4, 20,000 hands since last October. When I make the two bet, that's ISO raising or open raising, I'm positive 103 big blinds per 100 hands. But what do things look like when I call two bets? Now, I'm not proud of this number. It's something I definitely need to work on. But when I call two bets, um, I'm at negative 60 big blinds per 100 hands. Way more profitable when I'm raising versus calling. We could look at the same thing for three betting versus calling three bets. I recommend that you take a look in your database for your own um, aggressive versus that exact same passive play and see where you are more profitable. Most likely, you're more profitable being aggressive. Hence the tip, be more aggressive. Tip number three is to look for three bettors before you open raise or before you call. Three bets are the bane of two bets. You know this from personal experience. Every time you open raise, you hate facing a three bet unless you have pocket aces or kings, right? 
well, uh, three bets really uh, are a great way to nullify somebody's open raising and put the hurt back on them right here. Let me show you my own database, my profitability when three betting or calling a three bet right here. When I three bet preflop, my profitability is at positive 825, really good profitability. What about when I two bet and then face a three bet for myself? Just when I face three bets, my positive or my win rate is at positive 27. So I went from over 800 win rate to positive 27, right? When I'm facing those three bets, hence three bets are the bane of two bets. Look in your database. You'll probably find very similar numbers. If there are three betters still to act. So before you open raise or before you call, look around to the table at the rest of the players, raise with a plan or call with a plan, especially if you see somebody who, you know, likes to three bet bluff and they're in their position where they like to do it before you enter the pot plan for what you'll do versus their three bet. Cause the worst thing is being surprised by a three better when he three bets. The ways to make a plan, generally when you see a lot of three betters, you can narrow your range so that you have a tighter range so you can defend more. You can raise bigger to make their three bet bluff a little bit more costly. Or before calling, you can preempt their three bet with a three bet of your own, right? A lot of players love three bet squeezing out of the small blind and the big blind. Instead of calling and giving them the opportunity to three bet squeeze, why don't you just three bet for yourself and put the pressure on the open racer? All right, tip number four is to learn HUD statistics. You play online poker for a reason. Sure, it's fun and convenient, but you also have that HUD. Take a look at this pocket fives hand right here. We have the smart HUD on the table, giving us some pretty good information on all of my opponents. Now, HUD stats, you can consider them as like friends whispering in your ear, telling you a player's tendencies. Ooh, look at villain four over here. He's a 29-27, very loose aggressive player. He raises first in 31% of the time across all the positions. This guy loves to put in a lot of chips. Oh, but look at that. He folds to three bets after open raising 83% of the time, right? This is a friend. These HUD stats are a friend telling you how to exploit your opponent. One at a time, if you don't know HUD statistics, learn each of the HUD stats and then play sessions where you focus on using them to make reads and to make plays. Uh, let's take a look at this pocket fives hand, actually. And this kind of ties into the prior tip, number three. The loose aggressive 29-27 player raises uh, under the gun to three big blinds. Remember, he folds 83%. So it's folded to me. I have pocket fives on the button. I could just call and set mine, but hey, three bets are the bane of two bets. I love sticking it to players who open raise a ton and fold a ton. So I three bet to nine big blinds. Everybody folds and I take down that pot. My aggression, thinking about uh, tip number two, preflop raising is better than calling or limping. Also tip number three, um, three bets are the bane of two bets. Boom, I am using all that and my HUD stat knowledge. Wow, three tips in this one hand to exploit and take it down and pick up a very easy 4.4 big blind pot with just pocket fives. Tip number five is to play the player. Now, everyone has tendencies that you can exploit. And if we think about different player types, right? Maniacs love bluffing. Fish love to call. And tight aggressive players love folding. When you know a player's basic type and their tendencies, you can get in there, mix it up with them in a way that you can exploit what they enjoy or what they tend to do. Let's take a look at this hand. We have ace nine suited against what I would call a maniac player, 26-22. Maybe not maniac, but he is at least a very loose aggressive player. 
26.22. C-bets flop and turn 100%, only raising first and no calls yet, and he three-bets at 29%. He open raises in the cutoff, couple of folds. I defend by calling with ace-nine suited in the big blind. Top flop comes down, top pair, top kicker, 974 with my ace nine. So things are looking really good. Um, I'm just gonna let him spew into me. Like, got that top pair, top kicker. I'm just gonna hold onto my butt and call him down, right? He bets two into 6.5. I check call right there. Turn comes a seven, making the board 9747. I check. He bets 7.5 into 10.5. I'm holding on tight and I call once again. The river comes a jack, 9747 jack. Rainbow board, 25.5 big blinds in the pot. I'm probably going to hold on tight and call. I check. He bets 20 into 25.5, and I call. He ends up showing a king 10 suited, not even having a flush draw, just a busted bluffing hand. But like I said, I paid attention to my to the type of player he was, and I let him spew all those chips at, uh, chips at me, and I took down a 66 big blind pot for that because I played the player. Tip number six is to target the fish. Now, fish, they are your best source of profits. They're the loosest players and yet the most passive. They're like the calling stations. You just cannot fold a hand. Um, they they make the most mistakes, so you're more likely to earn money from them because they just often throw chips around or they're just recreational players or they just never study. They don't know good strategy, right? They make mistakes. You profit off of those. Let's take a look at this table right here. Easily, we have four awesome fish. 37 slash 9, 60 slash 9, 43 slash 13, 40 slash 10. Two of them short stackers right here. Loving this table. When you find those fish to target them, you got to isolate them when they limp in, raise their blinds, three bet when they open raise. The idea is you want them heads up to yourself so that you're the one profiting from the mistakes that they make. Now you want to find fishy tables. That's a key thing. And just to illustrate this a little bit better, let's compare two different extremes. One table is a six max with five fish on it. I'm sure you can imagine the profit potential there. The other table is a six max with you and five tight, aggressive, capable players. Yeah, not as much profit potential on that table. Go for the fishy ones. And going along with that prior tip, tip number seven is limping equals a fish. So you want to pay attention to the different actions they make that indicate a fish. And limping is a big one. Like this player right here, if we look at his smart hood, he limps 30% of the time. This one right here, limping 64% of the time, right? Absolutely loving those fish. you got to color code them green, tag them as a fish, isolate them as much as possible. Also look for short stackers, people who just let their stack dwindle and don't top off to 100 ever. Yeah, they're probably fish. And calling stations just in general. Look at this guy's calling 42%, open raising only 9. This guy's calling 33, open raising 10. Yeah, if they, uh, if they make the more passive plays versus the aggressive plays, they are fish. And then now, of course, another big fish indicator. When you see a large gap between VPIP and PFR, where that gap is bigger than PFR, you have a fish. This one is a 60 slash 9. That's a 51% gap. That's way bigger than the 9, right? That gap is made up by all the limps and all the calls that they make. Tip number eight is to warm up with your study notes. See, your notes are your way to take your studies, the time you spend off the felt, with you into the future to help you to help refresh you on the important strategies. 
I recommend that you choose one strategy or topic to study each week and take notes on all the videos, the podcasts, the the articles, the books, the chapters that you consume while you study that one topic. And then reviewing your notes, it refreshes the strategy right before you play poker and it helps to lead to a game strategic play. And tip number nine is to use sticky notes. Now, what you will do with a sticky note is you write down important notes and attach it to your monitor. For example, right here, this is my three bet bluff, the six aspects for the perfect three bet bluff. I have it uh, written on a sticky note. Sorry, it's a backwards in the in the video right there but i have that on a sticky note i also have poker's ultimate question what are they doing this with backwards once again on a sticky note but it's attached to your monitor to help you remember to focus on those important strategies and that leads us to tip number 10 to use poker's ultimate question what are they doing this with when they make an action you ask yourself that question And the answer to that question, that's going to help guide you to the correct response. Let's look at this example right here. This is that ace-nine suited we saw before. Let that maniac spew into us. We checked. He decides to bet two into 6.5. Well, what's he doing this with? I think he's doing this with ace-high, king-high, queen-high, jack-high hands, under pairs, a couple of hearts, so many things that my top pair top kicker is ahead of. So we call. Okay, the seven comes on the turn. I check. He bets. He increases bet size bigger, but he's definitely doing this with all those same hands. Maybe not the queen and the jack high hands, but the ace high, the king high, especially with any kind of draw or any kind of pair. Ace four with a bottom pair of fours and an ace kicker could be making this play. So once again, I ask myself that question. I can name a ton of hands that's worse than mine. Gives me a good rationale to make this turn call right here. So if you have no idea what they're doing, you ask yourself the question and you just rack your mind, you can't understand what's going on, you're probably better just folding the hand right there. And of course, once again, put that on a sticky note. What are they doing this with? So before we get to tip number 11, if you're enjoying this video and you like these tips, please give it a thumbs up directly below and leave a comment down below with the number one tip that you learned at some point that helped to propel your game forward. I would love to hear tips outside of the 20 right here, and then maybe I can use those for a future podcast episode. But... Tip 11 is to use a tick sheet to keep you focused. Now, you can create a tick sheet like the one you see on the screen right here, just making tick marks that helps to keep you focused on whatever strategy. Let's imagine you're trying to train yourself to ask poker's ultimate question, what are they doing this with? You can write that question on a piece of paper. Every time you ask and answer that question while you play, make those tick marks, right? For three-bet bluffing, remember that three-bet, the six aspects of the perfect three-bet bluff? Well, when you count up, you have five aspects or six, put a tick mark. Three or four in a three-betting opportunity, put a tick mark right there. Or maybe you're just trying to work on exploiting your opponents, playing the player, isolating the fish. You could do a player type checklist or a tick sheet right here. Fish, lag, tag, and knit. And every time you label somebody as one of those, put a tag underneath it. The idea is that you're continually making tags or tick marks as you play your session, which means that you're staying focused on the task at hand. Tip number 12 is hand off that mouse. That's right. This is uh, to help you avoid finger tilts is a term that I learned from Tommy Angelo. And this is especially applicable in dangerous situations. Let's look at this hand right here. A fishy player limps in. I iso raise to five. Everyone else folds, but the fish calls. I have pocket kings right here. Love in this spot. Iso raising a fish, right? Pocket kings without a spade. But the flop comes down, 
1075 all spades, right? So that doesn't, it's not the end of the world. I might still win this hand. I might still win a lot of chips, but it's pretty dangerous. A limp caller can easily hit a 5, 7, 10 all spade board with all kinds. Of, he might even already have a flush, right? So in those situations, what you want to do is remove your hand from your mouse. Think about what's going on and then return your hand to your mouse once you've made your decision and then click that button. And tip number 13 is to breathe. That's right. In those dangerous situations, just like taking your hand off the mouse, remember to breathe. Try to access that logic center. Think about the situation. Make reads on your opponents and then make your decisions. So tip 14 is to ditch the distractions. Things like Twitter, email, Netflix, Candy Crush, those distract you from your goal, which of course is making great reads and great decisions. So turn them off. Tip number 15 is to view chip stacks in big blinds. Now you could do this easily in Poker Tracker 4. You can see in this pocket king's hands, I have 165.6 big blinds. If we show chips in big blinds, turn that off, boom. Now we see the dollar amount right there, right? But it's always best to show them in big blinds if your poker site allows it. Now, the reason why it's it's helpful for basic strategy analysis, right? If you think to yourself, okay, he just three bet to nine big blinds. That's a little bit different, and it's easier to internalize a general strategy when you think nine big blinds versus, oh, he three bet to 45 cents. Or when you move up to 25 NL, oh, he three bet to $2.25. Plus, it helps for playing at different stakes. You can have a 5 NL, a 10 NL, and a 25 NL table open, but if they're all, uh, chip stacks are all in big blinds, it's basically the same stuff. You don't have to do any conversions in your head for different big blinds. It also helps you when you're moving up. Like I said, you're studying strategies and nine big blind three bet is, is nine big blinds no matter what. And it also helps for tournaments, right? Especially when the blinds are 8,000, 16,000. It's kind of tough to, to divide that really quickly to know how many big blinds you have. But if you can view them in big blinds, it's going to make your decision making so much easier. So tip number 16 is that no matter how good your range of hands is, you are going to miss the flop. So plan for how you can steal it. Uh, let me ask you a question. How often do different ranges, like common open raising ranges, hit? A 12% range, for example, let's enter that into Flopzilla. A 12% range hits top pair or better, and the best draws only 36% of the time. That means 64% you're going to miss it or hit something super weak. You're probably going to have to steal to take that down. What if you have a slightly wider 20% range? Well, that hits top pair or better, and the best draws 34% of the time, 2% less than that tighter range. What if you had like a decent button open raising range at 35%? Well, you only hit 31% of the time right there. You're going to miss 69%. That means most likely, if you're going to win this hand at some point after the flop, you're going to have to bluff. So plan for how to steal it. Oftentimes, and we've covered some of these tips already, being in position helps you to steal pots. Being the aggressor with that bigger pre-flop range. You got aces and kings. They just called you. They have to contend with that. That often helps you uh, steal pots post-flop. Stat reading um, as well. When you pay attention to your opponent's stats, you see that they fold in this spot a lot. That's going to help you steal more pots. So plan for how to steal it before you even enter the pot pre-flop. Tip 17 is that if they can find a fold, bet. 
That's right, you're gonna miss the flop quite often. That means they're gonna miss quite often. They check to you, you reason that they can find a fold for whatever reason, pull the trigger, get them to fold. Tip 18 is don't bluff the unbluffable. If they ain't folding, you ain't bluffing. For whatever reason, you really don't think they can find a fold right now, don't pull the trigger, right? Go for maximum value instead. If they can't fold, go half, three quarter, two thirds, uh, a 1.5x pot, whatever you need to get value. But if they are folding later, be willing to bet now and later. For example, a turn honest player. Maybe they fold versus C-bets on the flop only 25%, but on the turn they fold 75%. You're gonna have to double barrel that player. Expect them to call flop, but they will give up on the turn. Tip 19 is that when you're doing hand history reviews, always put them on a range. And I use Flopzilla Pro for this. Let's imagine our opponent opened on the button. And I think, you know, looking at his stats and everything, I think he can raise a 35% range. Even if you're not going to do a full hand reading exercise by narrowing the range through the streets based on the board, at a minimum, always enter their range because it forces you to ask poker's ultimate question, what are they doing this with? It's good training for that. You also get to now visualize your opponent's raising range on the button in this example. And then once you enter in your calling hand, bam, you get to see your equity. Oh, My ace nine suited has 56% equity versus that 35% range. So when you do this, you're training yourself in three different ways. Training hand reading, training yourself to think about ranges, and training your equity understanding. And uh, of course, yeah, what are they doing this with? You're training that as well. And tip number 20 is to use the Poker Tracker for note editing software to take notes, not the Poker Sites software. Now, this is because you want to see any notes that you made when you're reviewing hands. For example, on this Villain 54, he's a fishy player. I have a note that says he limp called with 4-3 suited in the past. This information is going to help me understand what this player is doing when I review this hand later on. If I recorded that note in the America's Cards Room or the Poker Stars software, when I review this hand later, I'm not going to remember that. I know me. I am not going to remember that this guy limped in the called with 4-3 suited in the past. Great job, team. Head back to base for debriefing and cocktails. Yes, congratulations. We made it through all 20 notes. Before we take action today, I want you to please give this video a thumbs up if you haven't done so already. And again, leave that comment for a very uh, 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 important quick tip that you've received in the past. Now, let's get to taking action. Put each of these 20 quick tips to work starting today. Work on them one at a time until you get them all down pat.